the people purchasing real estate in Canada, you're either purchasing for appreciation, like here in Vancouver or Alberta and other places. And Are you a real estate investor looking to sharpen your skills or a newbie looking to become one? You're in the right place. Welcome to Where Should I Invest? Real Estate Investing in Canada with your host, Sarah Larvey. Hey, welcome back to this week's episode. It is Sarah Larby. You are listening to Where Should I Invest? And today I have as a guest, Ava Benisaki, who is a realtor and real estate investor. And she started out in Alberta and moved to Vancouver and essentially got into US investing and growing a portfolio there investing in the Sunbelt specifically. So we talk about that during today's podcast. I hope you enjoy it. And we'll see you again next week. So let's bring in Ava. Ava, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm doing fantastic today. And before we start, I just wanted to say I love and respect you. I know how much oh, it is women doing podcasts, every single, like keeping up with it is, is so much work. So thank you so much for having me on today. I'm, uh, I'm really excited. I'm really excited to talk to you based on, you know, so many things. And, and I'm also very inspired with what you've accomplished so far and, and what you're doing. Uh, so, so I can't wait to have this conversation before we really dig deep and, and dive into it. Can you give us a, an overview of how you got started in real estate investing? Of course. Yes. This is my, I love, I love telling exactly. Actually, I'm going to go back to when I, when I got started at the age of 22, I'm from a small city in Alberta. Um, and I, I grew up there and, and everybody knew, liked and trusted me. And that's kind of what you need in this business. So I did really, really well in the real estate. I was a re I've been a realtor for over a decade and, uh, yeah, it was, it was going great. Um, but I got this big dream one day. I'll never forget going to my family. I'm like, you know what? I want to move to the big city. I want to, cause everybody was getting married and having children. And I was kind of this businesswoman. and I'm like, mom and dad, I'm going to do it. So I sold my property. It sold within a week and I packed just the fashion that I had that I could fit into the back of my car. And I drove out to this big city, not knowing a single soul, not knowing what I was getting myself into. And I'll never forget seeing like all the towers and everything in the downtown Vancouver that is. And, uh, and yeah, I, I was like, I'm going to do real estate in Vancouver. Um, started my career here, uh, pretty much got eaten up and spit out. <laughs> I was no longer in a pond. I was in the ocean and I was swimming with sharks and everything that I learned that worked well and that I was successful with in a small city just didn't even have a chance here in the big city. So it really, it really got me to, to take a step back to kind of, kind of put a halt on things. I reinvented myself as a woman. I reinvented myself as a businesswoman and I really started learning how to make it in real estate here in the big city as a realtor. Now, when I moved here, this is kind of the exciting part about how I started my company, CPI Capital. But when I moved here, I started seeing all these frustrated real estate investors. I was dealing with people on a daily basis where they came to me and said, Ava, I have money to deploy. Where do I put it? What do I put it? I mean, the, the, the average house price here is 1.2 million. Um, the mortgage, the, the rigid mortgage laws are out of control across Canada, if you will, and negative cash flow when they're investing in something. So 
I saw this fundamental need that people had to put their money in real estate because everybody's taught invest in real estate, invest in real estate, but not really kind of hitting their head against the wall, not really knowing where to put their money. So that is where uh, life works in very mysterious ways. And that's that's at at the time, probably about two years after I was in Vancouver, um, where I met my business partner, August Benias. Um, he happened to be a developer uh, for 15 years here in this city, and he's seen very similar difficulties that people had. So we put our minds together, and this is where CPI kind of spawned out. Uh, we, 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 we developed this company where we could solve pain points for Canadian real estate investors, and I can dive into d- deeper into what that is. Means. Absolutely. We'll, we'll definitely get there. I mean, there's like tons of stuff and tons of information that you, you just gave us. And, uh, but you know, it, it, it is interesting your, your journey where you said, okay, I'm going to go and I'm going to, you know, go into the big city from, you know, a smaller city. And, and you decided to, instead of saying, oh crap, what, what did I do? I got to go back, persevered through it. Are you able to share maybe a little bit of your, of your struggles, you know, your, as, as you were first starting out going from small town, everybody liked and trusted you, like you mentioned into something bigger before, before you had your, you know, your, your business, because there might be somebody in the situation, right? now going through that or you know that needs that that additional maybe push or to to hear how you did it yeah no i'd love to share i'll tell you one thing there was a lot of a lot of calls home to mom and dad there's a lot of tears it was like probably the most difficult time in my life and what i did was i I persevered by there was a there's a point that hit that kind of hit me in my I, i wasn't getting anywhere it was like i was a wheel a hamster on a wheel and i was trying to work with uh real realtors that were successful here but i noticed that they were just using me to to try to get me to do the the little things and promising all these things and nothing was ever coming out of it my parents just kept saying come home come home you know what you got here don't be silly two years of complete like utter i'm not coming home i came here for a purpose and i'm not going to fail and essentially what i did what what really turn things around for me was I started learning from people who were smarter than me. I started surrounding myself with good people and being very careful with who I hung out with. And that's where the turn, that's where things started to turn around for me. That, that is awesome. I mean, they do say that, you know, all the successful real estate investors anyways, we, we don't, well, we don't do it by ourselves, right? We have a team of, of people around us. And also, you know, you are the average of the five people that you hang out with the most. So I, I think that was probably part of the, what you, what you just mentioned there. And I do want to talk about Vancouver for a second before we, we dig into, uh, into the U.S. portion, but Vancouver is very expensive, right? And so there's no cash flow. I think people invest there for appreciation, but did you, did you look outside of Vancouver, like an hour, two hours and say, is that an option for my investors? Is that something that you originally did? Yes, of course. But then we started dealing with being an active investor. Now you've got to be a landlord. Now you got to make sure that you have somebody in that area that's located, you know, a couple hours away to be able to, to manage things if things go, you know, somebody needs a plumber in the middle of the night and so forth. So that was where by the time I educated my investor on, okay, there's the outskirts here. And by the time I educated them on all the ins and outs of being an active investor, they're just spinning, spinning in their head and they get cold. I noticed a lot of people were getting cold feet. Yeah. I mean, there's lots of different types of investors, right? There's those that are going to be more hands-on and those that probably just want to, you know, enjoy their time on their boat and uh, not have to worry and then have their money working for them. So, all right. So talk to us about CPI capital and what that is exactly. 
Of course. So CPI Capital is a real estate investment management firm, and we essentially pull together capital from Canadian investors and we deploy it into U.S. multifamily assets real estate assets. Uh, these are 100 plus apartment communities located in the Sunbelt states, up and coming areas with lots of job growth, population growth, um, really cool multifamily garden style communities. It's the in thing in the, in the US, they're actually incredible. It's like you're living at a resort. You got the pool, you got the fitness center, everything right outside your door. So that's, that's the assets that we target. And now we're going to take a quick break to hear from one of our sponsors. Hey everyone, I just wanted to pause and share with you a financing tip that helped me scale my portfolio and can also help you as well. By working with Streetwise Mortgages, I took a strategic goals-based versus a transactional approach to financing and they've helped me develop a financing roadmap that aligned with my goals and gave me some crystal clear clarity on where the money will come from to grow, how to maximize my borrowing power, how to structure future deals and avoid some costly mistakes, saving me thousands along the way. The financing roadmap is complimentary for every client who works with Streetwise and also very recently, they've offered an additional summary report of the best to invest 18 Ontario markets and also a comprehensive deep dive research into a market of your choice out of those 18. I highly recommend that you take them up on that offer. If you're looking to grow your portfolio, to book a planning session and develop your financing roadmap, email info at streetwisemortgages.com. That is info at streetwisemortgages.com. Thanks for listening. And now back to the show. And now back to the show. Amazing. And I like that you mentioned Canadian investors because there's a lot of people doing it, but they're not necessarily helping Canadians. Uh, and it sounds like, is that what you're strictly working with is Canadian funds going into the U.S. only? Or are you also taking U.S. funds? So we are, we are like, we're, we're focused on the Canadians. So we want to educate our Canadian partners and, and we, we do have some U.S. investors. They go right into the uh, limited partnership in the U.S., but we have our Canadians that I can dive into deep more more into <laughs> yeah no absolutely i mean i think i think that's interesting because obviously it's important to especially in my opinion with the with the pandemic and, and just the government's response to everything to diversify a little bit to you know spread out the risk i still believe that investing in canada is is awesome and i'm still continuing to do that um, but even myself right i'm like okay do i want to have everything in canada or should i start looking at diversify like di diversifying a little bit because I don't know, I don't know what the government's plans are in the long term, right? I mean, some of it's a little bit scary of what, what they're currently doing. Um, so, so talk to us more about like how you help. Like, let's just say somebody's got, I don't know, let's just call it a hundred grand, uh, just for simplicity. You know, like walk us through how that money can grow and where that goes, and you know how much uh, hands on or hands off uh, that investor would be. Incredible. So yeah, I'll take a step back here. The people purchasing real estate in Canada, you're either purchasing for appreciation, like here in Vancouver, or Alberta and other places. And I know, I know Toronto's appreciation as well, or other places where there's not much appreciation and a little bit of cash flow. So the particular reason why we went after multifamily assets in the US is because you're receiving cash flow from day one, and you're receiving significant appreciation as well uh, by forced appreciation and natural appreciation. So here's how it works. 
we pull together capital from investors. So our investors are strictly passive investors. So we do all kind of the heavy lifting. We educate them on the process as much as they want to know. Uh, they write a check, they sit back, they relax, and they start receiving cash flow from day one. Now, multifamily assets in the US, I just want to explain this because it's really, really cool. The rent to value ratio makes sense in the US. Uh, the cap rates are much more beautiful than they are here. This is why we can't receive the type of returns here in Canada. But with 100 plus apartment community, you're receiving rents that are coming in because it's a rental, essentially a rental, everybody's renting. And now from the rental coming in, because the price is so good there, you can pay your third party property manager, you can pay your mortgage, you can pay your taxes. And after all the expenses every month, you have a lump sum of money that you can give back to your investors. So that is beautiful. So me being able to say, hey guys, take away the chaos to my investors, take away the chaos, take away the active investing, focus on your family, focus on being on your boat, like you said earlier, uh, sit back, write a check, passively invest and you start receiving cash flow and we distribute it quarterly to our investors. So they get paychecks in their accounts quarterly. Now we go for assets where we can force appreciate. So not only is there cash flow coming in, now we go in there and we up the rents, we change the property management out. Maybe we do uh, some lipstick renovations on the interior and exterior. Now that's huge because what that does is when we hold an asset for five years, we're getting the natural appreciation of the market. Now when we go in there and we do lipstick renovation or bring in new tenants and so forth, now we force depreciate. That's where investors make a boatload of money at the end of that three to five years. Awesome. So they're in it for three to five years and it's not like, so it sounds to me based on what they they invest then they're getting some equity they're getting some cash flow it's not like um you know, like a return right like it's is it like a fixed return or is it more depending on how the asset performs you know you get a certain amount of you're a shareholder of a certain percentage type of thing is that is that more how you guys do it yeah so we we on the canadian entity we our investors invest in something called limited partnership and that means limited liability for the canadian event, uh, investor which is great um, now what happens, let's say like, let's go back on a $100,000 investment. Essentially what happens is we do our underwriting and we show the investor the numbers before they invest their 100,000. And let's use for, for an example, a deal that I'm working on right now in, uh, in, in Orlando. Our, our investors are gonna be receiving a, a six to 10% return on their cash, uh, return on their investment. So at $100,000, let's say on the, on the high end, that's $10,000 cash on, cash on cash return back to the investor. All right. So that, and that's a yearly, a yearly cash on cash return. That's every year that you're invested in the property. You've got it. Okay. And then what happens at year five as an example? Yeah. So year five, after we force appreciate and we, and we obviously bank on the natural appreciation, we sell the asset. And we like to say that we'd like to double our investors money within five years. So with the cash flow that they've been receiving, let's say 50,000 at the end of year five, when we sell the asset, let's bank another 50,000 forecasted returns. Okay. All right. Awesome. And obviously returns are not guaranteed, but yeah, you know, it depends on the project and that kind of stuff. So, you know, people will reach out. Now, are you doing this with, with any registered funds or is it only non-registered money? We're, we're non-registered right now, but we'll get there. We'll okay. get to funds for people to participate. 
All right. Very cool. So what are some of the things that, you know, a Canadian might, might want to do in terms of researching, investing in the U.S., you know, maybe from a, a tax perspective or just, you know, maybe just some general advice that you can, uh, you can suggest to somebody that's wanting to, to get into the U.S. market, some of the things that they should, uh, they should do as due diligence. Of course. So tax is a huge, a huge pain point that we're solving for, for Canadians. My parents are both accountants, super conservative people like the rest of the Canadians that I know. They're very conservative. Ava, what about double taxation? Tell me about that. This sounds exciting, but I mean, I don't want to pay double tax. Well, there happens to be a tax treaty between Canada and the U.S. And this is something I, I would encourage people to look into. Um, talk to your accountant or, or do the research, but essentially... If you have your corporate structure formed properly, which we have put in place, um, you can have with the foreign tax credit, you can be relieved from double taxation with the treaty that exists between Canada and the US. So our investors are relieved from double taxation because of the way we set up our corporate structure. And that's the most exciting part. So we actually talk about that a lot. Okay. All right. Very, very cool. Now you talked about in the beginning your your properties being in the Sun Belt, and you mentioned this one in Orlando. You know, what if I I wanted to check out this property, wink wink, to uh, you know have a nice little week in the sun, but at the same time invest? Like, is that something that you guys do? I know sometimes companies do that, not always, but uh, Sun Belt sounds kind of nice. Yeah, Canadian snowbirds, right? They love going down into the U.S. So these these properties are already rented out, and they're particularly rented to the people that live in the States. So if you're wondering if you could like go and take over, probably not. I don't think, I don't think I could even do that if I, if I wanted to, if you will. Funny. Well, I mean, you go, you go and it's like a tax write off, right? Cause you're checking on your investment, but no, no, I'm just joking. Um, I'll set you up, Sarah. I will. 100%. I'll set you up. That's awesome. So, so here, here's a question though, because I do have some more experienced investors listening to this show once in a while as well. How did you get started into the whole, you know, LPGP structure and, and doing this? Can you share about like, I, I'm, you know, I'm guessing you, you, you know, you started the business, you, the business is growing. What if someone wants to do exactly what you're doing? Maybe not in the Sunbelt States, but something similar. Like what are some, some insights that you can share? Sure. So what I did was the, the whole, the whole reason that I got so excited with this company is actually from a U.S. operator. I, I seen him on YouTube and I started listening to the type of returns and I'm like, why isn't anybody in Canada investing in the U.S.? Like, why am I, why have I never heard of this at 30 years old? Um, so I started doing my research, Sarah, and I noticed that there's billions of dollars going in from Canada to the U.S. every year on an institutional level. Um, as far as it comes for retail, the, I mean, throughout Canada, let's just put it like this. There was 23,000 real estate agents that I was in competition with um, for being a realtor. There's only one other company here in Vancouver that does what we do. Um, so essentially, how did I get started? I talked to about 40 to 50 lawyers <laughs> and started realizing that they were all telling me something different on how to get started. Um, so it's really all just about doing your homework over and over again until you until you figure out that that beautiful structure that's going to make sense for you and your investors. Yeah, absolutely. It's a then, process. I don't know if I really answered that right. So, so here's a here's a follow up. So, so how did you choose the Sun Belt? Who's the feet on the street? You know, how did you build your team? Because that's also a big part of it, right? Huge. It's absolutely huge. I love that. So, we have spent the last year and a half scouting operators 
that are that we've been watching and that are doing incredible um, across the border. So we've created the relationships um, with these operators now, and they essentially are really good at doing what they they do, what they do best. They have the track record. They've done incredible, but maybe they don't have the capital they need to scale their company. So that's where CPI comes in. We come in as one big. I always call us the 51st state coming in um, to their deal. So basically, they would have. So so I just want to take it a step back from from a, you know just to dissect a bit what that means to be a whole operator. So they would get a deal under contract. They'd have a large deal, and just correct me if it's I'm off because no problem. You'll, you'll be able to better educate me on this. They've got you know a 200 unit property. They don't need the capital. You say, okay, let's. I'll bring you the capital. You do some kind of partnership with them, whether it's 50-50. Um, is, is that how you're structuring it? Exactly. So it's deal specific. So on this Orlando opportunity that we have, our, our, um, our partners, PassiveInvesting.com, uh, we're going to be bringing in some Canadian, Canadian, the Canadian capital as one entity. And then we, we obviously structure our, our partnership with them, deal specific. Okay. And, and how many Canadian investors roughly do you have per deal? Like, could it be hundreds? Do you select just a few per deal? Like how, do, how would that work? It could be hundreds. It could be five, depending on how much capital each person wants to deploy at a time. Right. Okay. And what's the size of the deal? Like, you know, the last three that you've done, can you give us an idea of how many units that was and, and roughly maybe the um, cost? Yeah, of course. So this this deal that we're focused on right now in Orlando is an, it's an, it sounds scary. Okay, so it's a ninety million dollar asset, and the equity raises thirty two million. Um, so this is this is the beauty of pooling together capital because nobody can ever. And this is I always like to say this, this is kind of how the rich kept getting richer. Um, so this is why I'm excited to tell investors, hey, why don't you guys pool together your capital and purchase $30 million assets, or in this case, $90 million assets. We like to stay between the 30, 50 million, but this one came and it's the most beautiful asset. So we jumped on board. Okay, very cool. Very cool. So, <laughs> so then do you have that presence now where some of these operators will do another deal, they'll reach out to you directly, or do you source them each one by one at a time? Like, you're, I'm guessing you're building relationships over time, right? Like, can you share? Yeah, this is the exciting part of where we're at in our company now, because we've been noticed in the US. So now we have deal flow coming all the time to us. Now, we get to pick and choose. We get to kind of cherry pick the best deals. So for an example, there was another deal that came in right now, but we're focused on this one. So it's great. So now we have, we have the deal flow coming through, but this, this business is all about creating those strong relationships. Once you got that intact, everything else kind of falls into place, but we got the deal flow. Good. good. So you're essentially the, the money arm of the deal. And, uh, and, and how did you, you know, how did you first get started into, you know, having people say, I want to invest with you. Um, I mean, obviously these podcasts, I'm sure help, but you know, how do you go about finding the capital? Very good question. Yeah. So another important point is we're, we're, we're kind of coming in as a capital portion of it, but we're also sit on the, on the GP side as well. So we do have say in the project and we are um, part of the decision-making process, but back to your question. Um, we realize that Canadians are super conservative they're not educated. There's not a lot of education here when it comes to um, real estate investing and so forth, obviously for deploying your money across the border. So we started our educational platform, Sarah, and we started, it was really crazy. Uh, in about six months, we had 2,000 2, people sign up to learn more. 
because Canadians investing in the US, everybody's always really curious about it, but nobody knows how to do it. There's just too many wires crossed. So we noticed that people, we were getting this really big traction on people signing up and starting to ask questions. And I've been on hundreds of calls in the last year, <laughs> especially with COVID. I've been I like Zoom calls. I've been able to do lots of Zoom calls, but it's, a, yeah, it's definitely cultivating the relationships. Awesome. So we'll reach out to you based on your platforms and, and the information that you're, you're putting out there. And so, I mean, it's a, it's a great way to, to attract money lenders, right? Rather than having to go out and actually like find them one at a time, you find different platforms. And, and then from there you have, you have the calls. That is awesome. Any, like, what's your next steps? So you're working on this Orlando project, you know, what else is in the works? What else is in the works? We're, we're focused on the Orlando project right now. And we're going to we're going to keep bringing those beautiful deals to our Canadian investors. We're going to keep educating, we're going to keep bringing on expert guests onto our platform for for everybody to learn what we're doing. What I noticed is that it takes time for because including my parents, it takes them about 10 to 15 times to really understand and then once people understand, boom, they're sold. They're excited and they want to, they're ready to invest. Very cool, very cool. So I I want I want to ask you this one last question and I think you you mentioned something about being being you know younger and in, in, in the real estate game that kind of stuff and, and being a woman what what are your friends and your family saying i mean i don't know if, if you've got you know all your friends are, are as successful but you know what are what are some of the you know feedback that you're getting maybe from from friends and family because you you, you grew really quickly right and, and you became very successful very fast i think this is just uh proud they're just very proud because they've seen me go through the trenches um, but I think I've taught a lot of people and, and just by sharing my story, just including with my friends and family, just that resilience and just believing in yourself pays off every time. Very cool. Awesome. So Ava, this next part is our lightning round. So I'm going to ask you five questions. You're going to give me the first answer that comes to mind. Are you ready? I'm ready. This week's lightning round is brought to you by Megan Chomut. If you're looking for a great financial advisor to add to your team who actually understands and incorporates real estate as part of your overall plan and gets your money working for you, you can reach out to Megan at meganchomut.com forward slash Sarah. And also she's offered for my podcast listeners to provide you with a free, customized, individualized 90-day game plan for getting ahead. So to get that, go to meganchomut.com forward slash Sarah. That's M-E-G-H-A-N-C-H-O-M-U-T.com forward slash Sarah. And now back to the show. All right. Question number one, what is your favorite real estate investing book? Oh gosh. Uh, Joe Fairless. The best ever real estate syndication book. Okay. All right. Cool. Very cool. I know he has a podcast as well. Number two. (laughs) So number two, but the next question, and this doesn't have to be real estate specific, but do you have a favorite podcast? My favorite podcast. Oh gosh. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. I'm trying to think here. I listen to so many podcasts. Let's say yours, Sarah. Well, I mean, they're <laughs> listening to this one, but any other podcast that maybe somebody might be interested in uh, in downloading? The Canadians Investing in the U.S. by Glenn Sutherland. He's yes. really, yeah, he's, he's my fellow Canadian friend and he's, he's awesome for education. Absolutely. I think he was actually on this podcast and I was on his, so I don't remember which episode, but yeah, oh, it, was, it was a great conversation. <laughs> he's a nice guy. He is. Number three, what do you do for fun when it's not work-related or real estate-related? Road biking. 
Mm, cool. All right. Very nice. Very good work. Number four, if you lost everything tomorrow, so all your money, all your assets, how what would you start again? What would I start again? Oh gosh, what would I start again? Or how like how would you start again? Well, how would I start again? From the ground up? Um I, I might just go live on a beach somewhere. <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> That's a very unique answer. <laughs> I'm trying to. I'm trying to think. Maybe ask that one again. How would I start again if or I was? Or if you lost all your money and your assets tomorrow, how would you start again? How would I start again? Um, if I lost all of my money and my assets, just start from ground zero. And and you know how many billionaires have lost everything, went bankrupt, and rebuilt a company over again? You just. I wouldn't stop. I'd just keep going. All right. Very cool. And last question: If somebody has fifty thousand dollars, okay, how would you recommend they get started? $50,000. Diversify it into different areas, Uh, maybe a little bit active as an active investor and a little bit as a passive investor. All right. Very cool. Ava, where can my listeners reach out and find out more? Okay. So my website is cpicapital.ca. I'm huge on LinkedIn. I love my LinkedIn. So you can contact me anytime on LinkedIn, Ava Benisaki, or reach me anytime at Ava at cpicapital.ca. That's my email address. Amazing. And I always ask this last question, any final last words of advice? Final last words of advice, um, diversify, get your money working for you to make yourself build wealth fast, build wealth faster while you can do what you love, but get your money working for you in the bank. Don't just let it sit there and, and go to waste. Great advice. Ava, thanks for being on the show. Thank you so much, Sarah. Thank you. Hey guys, before you go, I wanted to ask you a question. What's stopping you from starting or growing your own real estate investment portfolio? I know for me, before I started, I had plenty of reasons and at the time they all seemed very valid, but as I started my journey, these reasons slowly fell away and eventually only one reason remained. What was actually stopping me was having a proven, actionable, repeatable system. I didn't have that. And the way that was going to change was by investing in myself, learning, listening, and looking for ways that worked. And also, most importantly, discovering what didn't and not making those mistakes again. Fast forward to today, I now have a proven, repeatable series of action steps that has enabled me to build my seven-figure portfolio consisting of multiple homes, and I'm able to manage that in two to three hours a month. Is that something that you would want? Well, I've actually taken all the knowledge I've accumulated and put that into a comprehensive step-by-step online program. It's called Rise, and it's a program that will help you from where you are now to where you want to be faster and with less of the headaches that I had. So it consists of all the templates and the resources that I use, plus over 40 instructional videos that you get lifetime access to for just a small one-time investment. And, you know, my recommendation is to make the time now to invest in yourself and grow your portfolio to seven figures so that you can bring your retirement dreams closer. If you want some more information about Rise, just go to sarahlarby.com forward slash R-I-S-E to access more details and book your spot. Thanks so much for listening to Where Should I Invest with your host, Sarah Larby. Make sure to listen in next time. We'll catch you on the next episode of Where Should I Invest.